Tonight's episode of Board Chitless is sponsored by The Game Steward. The Game Steward is an online game store offering Kickstarter board games out of print and imported games at reasonable prices. It's time to play. Hello there and welcome back to another edition of Board Chitless. I'm Lucky and today I'm joined by Tristan. And this week we've been playing Warfighter. Warfighter, the Special Forces card game. This week we'll also be talking about Tristan's time at Aircon. Yay! <laughs> so Tristan, you're at Aircon this weekend, or last weekend. Uh, you and Francesca rocked up to promote 1066 Tears to Many Mothers and Gloom of Killforth and Lifeform. How did it go? Yeah, it was really good, actually. Um, Aircon's like a, a small... Well, it's not actually small anymore. It started out three years ago. Apparently, the guy who ran it, Mark, yeah. had 25 people around to his house and had a board gaming session. Uh, the next year, he did an event in Harrogate, and 500 people turned up. And then this year, it was like well over 1,000. Yeah. So it's really grown, and it's sort of in tandem with you know the growth of board games as we've seen it sort of thing over the past few years. So... It's been it's a cool event. It's but it's all about the gamers. You know, there's a, there's a trade hall space in the middle, and then there's two gaming halls that are just as big again. Yeah. Um. And everyone was really lovely. Everyone was really friendly. We had our little stand there with you know roller banners supporting the, the games you mentioned, and um, a surprising number of people that came over to the stand. Everyone was really positive and friendly and everything, but most of them were actually existing backers of one or more of our games <laughs> so it was a really good opportunity to sort of meet people face to face yeah some of them were actually familiar faces that we've met before at like uk games expo or last year at aircon and yeah. stuff like that some of them were people we met for the first time who were backers who would had you know dialogue with over the internet or on the kickstarter comments or whatever and then some people were just people who had backed us that we'd just never spoken to before so there was a really good mix of of like gamers and um, we obviously had people who come to the stand who didn't know anything about the games. Yeah. So we did do a little bit of pitching, which you might remember from UK Games Expo last year. <laughs> yeah, pitching to them horse. <laughs> That's it. So I was, yeah, I was a bit husky by the end of it. But um, yeah, and that was interesting as well because last year we were completely focused on Gloomy Killforth yeah. and just getting the word out. Whereas now it was like, so this is Gloomy Killforth and if you like this... This is 1066 Tears to Many Mothers, a very different game. Yeah. And if you like this, this is Life Form. <laughs> it's a completely different game again. So it was like triple the pitching in yeah. you know, half the time sort of thing. That's great though. In like just 12 months, you've got like two very different games to Gloom of Killforth added to the roster. There's quite a lot of variety now in the whole Enough in Productions line. Yeah, it's like a, a library of games now. It's, it's dead exciting. And obviously we've got you know, a couple more coming up this year. So it's going to get even crazier. I don't know how. I don't know how we're going to alter the pitch for that. It'll just have to be like, which one do you like? Look off. Yeah. What sort of gamer are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. So it's um, a good indicator then for what to expect from UK Games Expo. UK. That's the one. <laughs> that's, that's what I was fumbling for. Uh, I think so. Yeah, it's like a sort of um, a miniature version of it. Like if if a thousand and odd. And I don't, I don't want to underplay the numbers here. It might have been over two thousand. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it was, um, it, so it was like a sort of medium level event, 
uh, UK Games Expo, you're talking about tens of thousands of people. So scale that up mm. uh, and amplify it by people who've come from all over. Uh, and well, I mean, you know, last year it was, it's bonkers <laughs> it's, and it's getting bigger every time. So um, it is like a, a small sort of a prep for UK Games Expo. And to be honest, I had actually forgotten how sort of mental it is. Yeah. it's It can be really draining. So after uh, sort of eight or nine hours of just constantly telling people about stuff, which obviously I love to do, talking about games and everything, yeah. but it does take it out of you. And when you sort of crash down in the evening and have go for a beer in a game and meet some people, which is what we did, actually. That was cool. We met a yeah. lot of uh, board game geek guys uh, from the One Player Guild and stuff. So we went over to sit down, have a drink and play a game with them. And, you know, you'd, it was like just I felt the shutters coming down <laughs> it's like hey, maybe you need to go to bed at seven o'clock sort of thing um but you know powered through and had a had a really good time with it it was really Harrogate's a lovely place to visit yeah. the people were really nice got to play some new games and stuff so it was yeah just Boston weekend brilliant and um so we've got life forms to look forward to later on the kickstart campaign coming later in the year Later in the month, hopefully. It's going to be out in a couple of weeks. That's the plan. I'll watch this space then. <laughs> and more importantly, watch Kickstarter space. <laughs> so like I mentioned earlier, this week we've been playing Warfighter, a card-based strategy fighty game uh, from Dan Versing Games. So each player just takes on a different soldier from a squad. You can choose from different um, nationalities and then take on different operations yeah the different nationalities come with the expansions okay um, so it's it's fundamentally an american focused game i think the actual base game we've got all the expansions here for the warfighter special forces card game which is the version we're playing cool there is a world war ii version which we didn't play which i look forward to acquiring one day so this is set in the modern day you play as special forces like uh, navy seals or yeah. sas or spetsnaz or whatever we've got the russian American and UK forces. Yeah. And um, the actual images of the characters in the game are based on real soldiers that a lot of them are people, backers who've sent in their own photos of themselves in combat zones or in the military outfits and stuff. So you've got this interesting combo of actual photos of real life soldiers and then computer generated images of the insurgents and drug cartels and Eastern European bad guys that they're fighting against. Yeah, I... um. To be honest, that didn't I didn't really notice too much, but it wasn't I don't know if it's me um profiling, but I wasn't spending too much time looking at the images on the insurgent cards as much as I was looking at the images on our cards that were coming out. It was very much like quickly check the stats, see how quickly they can kill us and then what we can do about it. How many reticules are over their faces that we have to shoot off? <laughs> yeah, that is it. Um, they just become shapes, and that's when you know that like, the enemy's around there, which is um, maybe an accurate depiction of modern-day war, maybe not. Um, but as a game, I think this is absolutely fantastic. It does a lot to take in at first, like with you know any games with decks the size of your fist, <laughs> but there's not too many moving parts for you to keep on top of. So in terms of attacks, you've got your, your character card laid out in front of you. It'll tell you how many how much movement you've got how much health you've got, your loadouts, how much stuff you can carry. And then your weapons will just say, this is what you need to hit somebody and this is what you need to kill them. And then the enemy cards will say how much cover they've got. So what you need to do to break through that. And then from then on, it's just a question of doing a bit of quick maths. 
here and there and just seeing if you've got a grenade available to uh, take <laughs> out the room, really. Take tonight's game, for example. I know the rules. Um, yeah. There was maybe a few minutes of setup. I skipped through one yeah. element of the game, which is the loadout, which is once you've played it a few times, it becomes a big part of it is going through which soldiers you want, what kit you want to outfit them with, what skills you're going to give them, what weapons and everything else. And that's based on the resource points that you get for the mission. So the smaller the resource point, the quicker the mission. And then you have like the deep sort of behind enemy lines missions that can yeah. go long. We have hundreds of points to sort of spend on outfitting a whole sort of team. So we played, um, we started out in the jungle, which is the training missions yeah. uh, where you're up against the drug cartels. Quite easy missions to begin with, although ours came pretty close. I rattled through the setup and gave you a pretty high-powered soldier with a, a <laughs> yeah, machine gun the, and grenade the, launcher. The big, the big guns. Yeah, and I brought in a support dude with a shotgun who could do like the up-close stuff just to sort of get us going. But from that point, giving you the hand of cards, yeah. we were away. There was no like, so this is how the game plays. There was no explanation or anything. Yeah. You've played enough games to know like roughly how these things go. And it was a case of you can play this card, you can do this action, and off we went. And yeah. there was almost zero sort of explanation wasn't there to sort yeah of get yeah it was, it was really easy to follow the game only becomes taxing really once you've got a couple of location cards down and they're all filled with people <laughs> and then it's just kind of like working out who's attacking who at what time yeah and in what way everyone's going to interact with each other occasionally you'll get a support card or like um so you have about five cards in your hand which represent your health as well um, and they'll just give you really nice buffs so you can attack for free or you can move for free. Yeah, they, they don't to... so much represent your health. Your health dictates how many cards you can hold. Oh, uh, there we go. Yeah, so you can still get injured um, outside of your cards. Yes, the so injuries will bring your hand size down, which then just causes all sorts of complications like in the game. And the game text in on the cards is quite large and really simple. <laughs> and so, some of it almost a little too concise. <laughs> so it's like... Add one to range attacks, no XP. So it's like, what? add one to range attack rolls and then don't take any XP for using that card. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you have to just like raise an eyebrow and wonder, what, what, in what context does this work? <laughs> but then once you work out why, then that's it. You're done and you don't have to check the rule book ever again. I thought it was a very elegant game. Yeah, the, the basics are really simple. You're moving through a set of locations and you're trying to control the number of bad guys coming out. Because every time you play a location, you're going to spawn a bunch of insurgents or drug runners or whoever you're up against. And it's about how you control them and, and what weapons you use against them and stuff. And there's so much variety in the setup and layout of the soldiers. I'm, I'm a massive fan of this. I'm hooked yeah. on it as a solo player. I'd play it multiplayer more often if we had the opportunity. We've not really played it on like a big multiplayer game. You but Basically, you have to play those deep long missions that we were talking about yeah. that I mentioned earlier to have enough points to go around for everybody to play as a player soldier yeah. because you can bring like NPCs along who don't have a hand of cards and just sort of um, do what you tell them. You know, yeah. they're like support characters. So you can have like a sniper. In our third mission there, we had a sniper following us around who was, you know, taking pot shots at the bad guys. So if you don't have enough points to go around and one of you gets lumbered with one of those guys, then it's a bit gubbins but as long as you've all got a player soldier and you get to draw cards and play cards then that's how you get the full experience of the game for each player but you can only do that in the bigger missions which means the game time is a lot longer so obviously as a solo player that doesn't matter at all yeah for two players i thought it was fine you know we started out on the on the lowest level missions yeah. there we had enough to give us both a soldier with a decent weapon and then what i love about it is if you play a campaign we played a really short campaign yeah 
you can skill up your guys if you survive and yeah. the skills are amazing. You can add like, you know, you can make, make each other marksmen. We discovered one tonight. What is it? Zeroed. So you have to save up nine campaign points to pay for this, but you get add one to your attack and defeat cover rolls, which yep. I would love to see in action. We only unlocked it in the final mission there, but that's, that's mega. Um, Cause you're, you're rolling D sixes to hit the cover. Yep. So when you're shooting at a bad guy, you roll D six to hit the cover. And then if you hit them, you roll a D 10 and try and get over your target roll, depending on the weapon you're yep. using, to try and kill them. Um, and if you fail either of those, if you fail both of those rolls, it's a miss. If you succeed at one of those rolls, you've suppressed them, so you stop yep. them from attacking. And if you roll successfully on both the rolls, uh, you take them out. And yep. uh, and that's really satisfying. <laughs> like trying to get your card play to boost your rolls or to fire grenades at a big cluster of, yeah. of guys. Um, re- like removing the hostiles as you go along is hugely satisfying. Um, and I'd love the sort of narrative that it tells. Yeah. There were some big air punch moments really, weren't they? When we kind of, we got the right cards came out the right time and we went from a position of being pinned down into a corner, getting hammered to getting a support helicopter out at the right time, reloading and quickly just fighting back very quickly and sneaking away. And yeah. it all felt amazing. Um, <laughs> the, the sort of, the, we did the mission, It was I would say it was like a mid-range mission, wasn't it? It was about 14 turns, 13 turns. And we had to find and take over the enemy HQ and hold it. Yeah. And we were fighting away through, all the way through like people's homes, shopping malls into a citadel. And then we finally made it to the enemy HQ. And it turned out there was like a radio man in there who was yeah. on his own, <laughs> calling out targets to his mates. And it just felt really thematic. Like, yes. That's where that particular character would be. And it was hell to get to him in the first place, around by snipers and everything. Yeah. And yeah. you took a wound at the last minute. It's <laughs> that's super it. cinematic. Yeah. Um, no, I, I really love the story that it tells. And on the surface of it, sort of instant kill cards that you can get that come out, mm-hmm. but they feel so well integrated. Yeah. So if you manage to draw the sniper card for like for our team and get him into play, you might only take out like a you know a low cost or low value hostile target. Yeah. But it just it just takes the load off. You know he's automatically going to do it. You don't have to um, roll yourself for your gun like you do in every yeah. turn. Um, and then we get like those big cards, like the mortar assault. <laughs> so when you're like five locations deep, you've run out of actions, or you you know you're low on resources and ammo and everything. But then all of a sudden you're able to call in a mortar attack and just take out like a hostile that's really been bothering you, like an armed mob. Yeah, you know, and you can just wipe it out in one go. It feels brilliant and like. We had, um, what is it, a Kiawa chopper? <laughs> yep. So we had this like this helicopter support attack that we could bring in to take out a really difficult hostile, and we did. But then later on in the game, we found the hidden cache of stuff. So it was like a radio that we could phone yeah. them back in again and call them in for another attack. I love that stuff. It really just, it keeps like, um, it keeps the pace going. It always makes you feel like there's hope. Yeah, We were totally running out of time at one point. So we were definitely going to lose the mission. We had a couple of turns left and we were too far away from the objective. But in that same hidden cache, we found the radio for the chopper and we found a, a GPS that cut yep. the time down and it literally brought us back into the game. It gave us like two turns extra, yeah. didn't it? And just and saved we, us. Yeah, and we absolutely needed both those turns. We finished on, yeah. the, on the very last turn. And I love that you're never really out of it. You know, yeah. I mean, you can be. If you, all you guys get taken out, you know, you're toasted and that's the end of the mission. But as long as you can sort of stay on top of the hostiles and keep moving, you know, yeah. really importantly, keep moving and keep your uh, location secure from reinforcements and everything, 
Um, it just feels like you're deep behind enemy lines. You're up against the overwhelming yeah. odds, but you've got the professionalism and the skill set and the tools to sort of like even those odds out. And That's it, it. You know, when you're putting down however many hostile cards are coming out, <laughs> like armies of them, um, it, it doesn't feel yeah. massively realistic, but it really recreates sort of that behind enemy lines, overwhelming odds, men on a mission. Yeah. Like my favorite movies, like Lone Survivor, Bravo to Zero, all of those <laughs> sort of uh, like trap behind enemy lines missions. Yeah. Well, the play of the location cards really plays up to that um, because you've got, uh, there's a tracker at the bottom of the board where you slot in your locations and you're working towards the objective location, but all the gaps in between those are empty. And when you draw, um, so discard draw action, you draw some um, cards out, so there'll be action cards, but the location cards have markers mixed in. So you draw a location marker, you draw a location, and that could be a shopping mall. So you can play it for free. It's easy to get into, but it's going to slow you guys down as like, you start looking in the shop, so you're checking all the different stalls to make sure there's no um, enemies there. Whereas there could be a private home which is a bit harder to get into, but it's going to not cost you as much time to go into. So straight away, as the leader of this squad, you're making a decision. Are we going to waste a bit more time going through this easier path, or are we going to try and gun our way through something that's a bit more difficult? And you're constantly making those decisions. And at one point, I think we had about five location cards out on the table, picking and choosing which ones we wanted to ransack, and yeah. then destroyed the rest of them and got some um, additional actions out <clears> again. So it was just amazing how that would play out. But then occasionally we'd have about three turns with no locations. So when you finally get one, it's like, right, I don't care what it costs. We're putting it in. <laughs> yeah. We need to keep moving. We need to get to that objective. Exactly. Yeah. And we had the marketplace one as well. Like some of them yeah. were really thematically integrated, like the marketplace you can't fire into from outside. Yeah. You have to be in the market. It could be full of civilians. It could be civilians. Yeah. So then you have to you have to switch your weapons down from automatic to semi-automatic so that you're choosing your targets. You can't just like go wild and fire grenades yeah. and stuff. And so then you have to really plan around that. And and that was actually, that was the big holdup for us. We found this marketplace full of hostiles and we had the in. choice of going in and being overwhelmed by them or pulling back. And so it feels really counterproductive, but we all pulled back and they had to come out of the market to yeah. come to us. So then all of a sudden we can start bombing them <laughs> with the grenades and everything so that we're not hurting the civilians to try yeah. and take them out and then rush back through it again. So it really does add this element of, can you really afford to move back or would you just rush in and take them on a hand-to-hand combat sort yeah. of thing? Every turn you're faced with interesting uh, decisions, cool bad guys, and some of the some of the bad guy cards as well. I mean, they all have their own unique abilities, but you get like the radio man, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. that drains our resources and leaders that inspire them, the, the bad guys. So if you suppress them, they come out of suppression. Yeah. You get snipers that are just going to absolutely butcher you <laughs> unless you take them out, and they're hidden by the by the other characters and stuff. They're absolutely awful, and they'd also stop you from gaining from entry. entering. Yeah, yeah. so, so they're in the, that building, but every time you try to go near, they're just shooting at you. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. Then there's the armed mobs, which are just like they just keep coming. There's tons of them. They're not particularly hard to kill individually, but there's just so many of them. Yeah, it chews up all your turns, and then God forbid the vehicles come out like the technicals and stuff. Yeah. But then you also get events like IEDs and refugees that you have to sort of bypass and all these other cool things that, again, just provide this thematic sort of yeah. uh, story of your special forces behind him, your lunch, trying to overcome these crazily overwhelming objectives. Yeah. It's a, the only play in the game, the only real criticism I would have would be 
that the dice rolling would make it seem almost like a bit too luck based. Yeah. Um, and during the earlier missions, it certainly felt that way. Um, but it was only later on, once we played the longer campaign, that you started to appreciate that the amount of cards that come out that let you um, alter the dice results. So you your dice target will be knocked down by two by playing a certain support card. And if you've got some XP to throw on it, they'll bring it down by another two, which means this impossible enemy to attack all of a sudden becomes really easy as long as you can put enough firepower behind it. Yeah. Um, and those sorts of cards are coming out so often that it doesn't actually feel like it is a very like look based you're playing the odds aren't you you really are and 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 again you get great cards in the deck sort of the few and far between but stuff like double tap so if you're in the same like same location as an enemy like a sniper or a leader or someone who's really bothering you and you get a double tap card it's just like two in the heart one in the head or whatever and that's it they're toast they're taken out you don't have to roll so again it's another sort of great feeling from a player agency point of view where you know you can just take that guy out and then you can spend your other attacks on just shooting at the yeah the thugs or drug runners or whoever That's else it. is in the way or prepared fire kept came prepared out fire. so many times <laughs> so useful. and it was like it's basically like yeah you can hit him but so you defeat the cover roll you defeat that, the cover roll but then, so, you, have roll but then you have to roll to kill it. That's it. And um, so that's it. That's half the job done for you. Yeah. And it made such a difference when it came <laughs> to some of those enemies. It's absolutely, especially when you're using the grenades. Yeah. Yeah. It's just absolutely fantastic. And um, the, two, the two of us in the first couple of missions going through with our weapons, um, I had a shotgun, then I then yeah. upgraded it to a carbine like yours with grenades. And then in the third mission, we brought the sniper along with us. Yeah. And he was able to sort of, um, if we the further back we left him, the more effective he became. So then he was providing support fire as well. And it was just, <laughs> I absolutely love this it's, game in case it's, it's not obvious enough. <laughs> yeah. But then like um, Alan, Alan the sniper was another thing <laughs> to manage because we had to try and keep him back so he'd be more effective. But then we can't protect him when yeah, you have to keep situation. your eye on him. So you have to make sure that he's in a location where there's no reinforcements coming out and no one's trying to target him and go for him. Yeah. It was There was a lot to think about, but it never felt like a brain burner. It didn't, I never felt like, I'm, I've got so many decisions or this decision is so complicated that I'm just going to give up on it and hope that fate <laughs> takes over. Uh, Unlike some other games that we've played. <laughs> yeah, totally. So um, there's just so much fun to be had. And like you were saying, like um, loading out all the um, specialists and what gear you're going to bring in and just trying to work out what what the mission might be about and what extras you're going to throw on there. It was a, an awful lot of fun. And they even do, doing the mini hidden cash um, locations just to say right quickly do we need this gps do we need the helicopter yeah um just well we ended up getting ammo. more ammo that was that, that saved was, us <laughs> we were burning through ammo yeah like, and reloading constantly my machine gun just jammed every <laughs> every available uh, you were you were on full auto for every single attack though <laughs> yeah so again it's something else you can manage you can shoot like semi-automatic and you only get one dice roll and you know so it's harder to hit or you can go full auto, make sure you take them down, you roll three dice, you bound yeah. Well, you're more likely to hit, but if you roll low, you're more likely to jam, right? Or yeah, run yeah. out of ammunition. So um, so that's something that you you constantly want to fire on full auto because you know you're gonna hit. But like we were doing, we were just burning through ammo until <laughs> yeah, until that hidden cache saved us again. That was it, yeah. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna come back to this game. Cool. Yeah, if we get more opportunity to play it. And like you're saying, really, it'll be really interesting to see if um, like 
Dave or Sam or Jackie would want to sit down and play it as well as like, you know, a foursome. Yeah. How much extra gameplay we can get out of it and if we we can just get everyone in the campaign straight away or I think how one that of the, would work. One of the huge uh, selling points for me in terms of replayability is the scenarios. So the jungle one is really easy. So we played a couple of jungle missions tonight. Yeah. Then we went up into the Middle East against the insurgents. So that's like steps up in difficulty uh, a notch. And then we've got two more theatres. So we've got the Middle East again, mm-hmm. but it's against the army, which is all tanks and professional soldiers and stuff. So again, the difficulty ratchets up um, and you have to then really start thinking. You, you can't just bring canteens along and like we were doing, just sort of yeah. bringing along whatever we liked. You have to really plan out carefully what um, weapons you're going to use depending on the, the objectives and everything. And then on top of that, there's the Eastern European expansion where you're fighting against helicopters and tanks and everything. Um, and then the Nazi zombies expansion has <laughs> yeah. just arrived. So I'm not sure how that fits in. Okay, it might well. only really work with the World War II warfighter, which I don't have. But um, Dan Versen said, no, there's nothing wrong with your special forces guys going up against <laughs> Nazi zombies. So I went in for it. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to give that a try as well. Nice, like a proper Wolfenstein time loop. <laughs> yeah, and there's a there's a whole bunch of missions for each of those theaters as well, and you can mix them up. Yeah. So you you pick your resource value from about ten different cards, and then there's ten different missions. And even if you even if you replay the same mission, because of the way that everything's going to come out, you're going to get a different experience each time. It's, yeah, uh, you're still probably going to be fighting the same lot of bad guys. And I think <laughs> we did go through the entire hostile deck in we that did, yeah. last game. Yeah, we we saw them all. Um, but it was int- there was um, there was enough in there to keep it interesting. Um, it felt like there was a bit more armor in it than the jungle deck. Yeah, and though it was less trucks, more IEDs and like vehicle bombs and stuff. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that'll step up again fighting the army. Um, probably too much, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just such a lovely game. <laughs> it's it's difficult to find a game where it's. Super easy to learn. I know we had a massive advantage with you played so much of it that it was super efficient for you to like tell me how to play the game, and you knew what rules to omit for a first game and then what to bring in afterwards. Yeah, but I still think if you came to this fresh, it wouldn't take too long to get your head around the rule book. The the rule book has been criticised, but all rule books are. <laughs> so, yeah, and I think it's it's pretty clear. I sometimes have to refer back to it because there there are a few special abilities on the cards that I'm not 100% familiar with, but a lot of them are self-explanatory. And the actual gameplay itself, mm. once you've played it through once, yeah. you, you know, you've got yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's the um, the time between learning to fun. Yeah. It's very short. Yeah. On this yeah, game. I'd say, yeah, as long as someone knows the rules, the, the barrier yeah. to entry is super low. And um, I, I too would be interested to see what it'd be like with a group with four or five of us. Mm. Um, how did you feel? One of the things that comes up when people talk about this game is the sort of ethical side of it, like recreating conflicts that are too close to reality. So some people yeah. complain that it's, oh, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's too too close to the bone. I think, personally, I think it's sort of, the conflicts are unspecific. So you're not, yeah. I mean, they're obviously influenced by recent events and you could name certain wars and things that they play off. Yeah. But I think it's distant enough and detached enough that it's sort of a fabricated fantasy version, yes. you know. But did you feel uncomfortable at all? Did you feel like you were like taking advantage or no, or not? 
not really, no. Um, there was not ethically dubious in any way. There was two two cards that came out, and I thought maybe like, <laughs> and that would be the suicide bombing card, yeah. and the um, IED team, yeah. And it just—I don't know if it's because it's very sensitive sort of time for like you know like um, like cultural issues and race issues, especially when it comes to conflict. Those particular themes just just being quite maybe like a bit of a you know a, a, a touchy point where it's like I'm not sure if this could be construed as being offensive or not. I'm not sure how I should be reacting to that. But as a gamer coming into it, I didn't feel like it was kind of like um, taking advantage of any sort of situations like modern history. Yeah, we started off with the um, jungle. Um, scenarios, the drug runners, yeah, exactly. So that was very much like you down in Colombia, you you know border patrol looking for like drug dealers and looking for um, cocaine labs, and we're going to try and shut them down. And with that sort of being very remote to us, because you know it's like in the seventies and eighties when that happened. So not in my like living memory of seeing it on the news. Occasionally, something might flash up. I think as well the the anonymity of the computer generated bad guys probably yeah, helps a little bit. Like definitely, in, I always think of this game and Labyrinth: The War on Terror as sort of thematically connected. Like the Labyrinth game is sort of a zoomed out overview of the struggle. Yeah, and then this, you know, if you imagine like one card played in Labyrinth could then zoom into this game, you know, and like if you play a special forces card in Labyrinth, this could be that mission sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but because Labyrinth specifically cites dates, times, people, and events that have happened or are yeah. happening, uh, I think maybe that veers closer to the bone than this does. Mm. And this feels much more like a fantastical sort of uh, almost ridiculously overwhelming odds it's, sort it's, of situation. It's caricatured, isn't it? Yeah. It's and very... They've even discussed doing um, Warfighter Fantasy. So where right, you take yeah. like barbarians through different locations and fight goblins and stuff. Yeah, and so, it, so you easily can see done. it reskin into that. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, but um, I, but I do think the mechanics as they are now serve this uh, theme much better. It's absolutely like the shooting for suppression and grenades and all that kind of it's stuff. It's absolutely spot on. You can tell that the designers are a fan of the whole um, like basically gunko. Here's a mission. Here's a, you need to find a way to. Um, complete it and um, it works as a puzzle so you're constantly searching for those cards that are going to help you um, skew the stats or move through locations a bit quicker than you might normally would um, and that all works towards you trying to achieve your end goal I'm coming from a, from a very skewed point of view where I absolutely love war movies <laughs> I I was raised on them yeah exactly like in terms of guns I am not a huge gun advocate I don't Necess- I don't want to join the army. I do not want to fight. <laughs> um, but there is some about war movies that kind of just kind of gets you going a little bit, you know? It yeah, well, it's extreme. No, it's strange. like horror movies, you know? It's that extreme sort of experience that's so far away from our own lives, you know? And this this does indulge that, I think. Yeah. Like, you know, sort of adrenaline rush of, you know, what it might be like sort of thing. Definitely. Um, but from that point of view, it's definitely a game for um, simulation, like basically like war and fighting simulation fans. If you enjoy some of like um, any, any other um, war games. So like you're saying, like if, if you enjoyed Labyrinth, you'd probably really enjoy this. It's a very like, 
simple game in comparison to it. Yeah, um, I think Labyrinth is probably a bit more strategic um, and this more like tactical sort of, probably more fun maybe isn't it right? yeah. I mean I really enjoy lot, Labyrinth but it's this a, lot is a lot quicker lighter it's, maybe you yeah. mean you're playing you're playing cards burning through turns yeah. and before you know it you've played a few scenarios um, and you're in it together because it's fully cooperative exactly whereas if you're more of a like I don't know uh, probably a bad example but someone that enjoyed a dungeon crawler probably enjoy this they might not necessarily enjoy it it's, it's a similar principle isn't yeah. it going through clearing locations and killing bad guys sort of thing exactly I think one of the biggest selling points for me, like years back, I was trying to design a men on a mission game. Yeah. Um, and it was like men behind enemy lines. And it was absolutely um, inspired by reading books, you know, about SAS adventures yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I got quite far with it. It, it had a, a working title, like character stats and everything. And then I found out about this. And the reason that I ever like want to make games is because they don't exist. The games I want to play that yeah. I've not seen. And the more I looked into it, I was like, I think this might satisfy what I was trying to do. And then I backed on Kickstarter, it arrived, and I was blown away. I was like, okay, I can literally stop work on my game. Once I set this up, I generally leave it on the table for days, if not weeks, and just batter through an entire campaign. Because there's a campaign mode as well. You know, you're linking yeah. these missions together. You can lose guys along the way, but you can skill them up between missions. And yeah, it, it does feel a little bit tacked on. There's some weird things where you sort of to make the next mission harder, you roll a die to see what happens. Right, okay. And it's like uh, minus one to this, or, you know, you can carry one less thing. But it's also, again, quite simple, and yeah. it dovetails with the simplistic gameplay. Um, and I don't mean simplistic in a negative way, just easy to pick up. It's I'd say it's probably kind of to say frictionless, really. You know, Nice, I yeah. like that, frictionless. So it's, it's straightforward, but it moves at pace. And if you lose that pace, then you know you're pretty much not going to complete your objective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can you can wipe out early on. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and then you know there's no coming back from it, I suppose. But it doesn't put me off at all. This is one of a bunch of games like through the ages that I could just play forever. It's one of those games really where if the theme of it is something that wouldn't grab you, you're probably not going to be able to force yourself into it unless something massively appeals to you i think you have to come into it from the point of view of knowing like yeah it's a strategy game based on a war simulation and if that's something that kind of makes your toes curl a little bit then just move on like <laughs> find find, an, find another game if you're into a euro or worker placement then just go and get there'll be better games to play but if you everyone likes different things exactly but if you do enjoy a good old um what scenario then this is going to really um, scratch the itch yeah one last thing i forgot to mention as well that's in the i think it comes with the kickstarter footlocker box mm -hmm. thing is the scenario book so if you're not the kind of person that wants to spend ages pouring through your soldiers which i don't necessarily think you have to do once you once you understand the game you can sort of quickly set up a loadout yeah but there is a scenario book which has a whole bunch of missions and it tells you exactly which soldier to pick, which kit to have, which mission to play. Right. And it sort of gives you mini missions that you can go on. Yeah. Some of them are linked together. Uh, they all have like a little thematic introduction. Um, and I've, I've been working my way through this booklet. Uh, I think there's over 20 missions in here. And they're all really good, really well yeah. thought out. Uh, particularly the one on the last page that's uh, written by a guest designer. Oh, um, I so see. So probably big that up a little bit. <laughs> 
Bravo two hero, Bravo two zero is good hunt by Tristan Hall. <laughs> Never heard of him. They didn't pay me for that or anything. <laughs> ah, brilliant. Ah, that, well, we'll give this one go next time around. <laughs> but no, I mean, like that aside, it is it's a cool way to just jump into it if you want a quick setup. Definitely, it tells you exactly what you want to play. And then imagine once you've burnt through a few of these scenarios, you'd have a much better idea of how a lot of the equipment works together, yeah. and then we'll probably want to start kitting out your guys immediately yourself right? I've I've played it over 50 times and but going through that scenario book I picked up new methods that I never thought of like some of them say a stealth setup where you've got all you guys that like have stealth attacks yeah. and knives and things one of them is a night mission where you have to have night goggles and you're going up against guys where you have to identify as you're coming across them in the middle yeah. of the night so it does it really each mission sort of changes up how you approach it and uh, reminds you about cards that you might not normally pick so it's no, it's quite a clever sort of intro. Nice. Well, that's it. Just uh, stick on clear in present danger. <laughs> get, get your Willem Dafoe on and uh, get involved. We did mention once or twice that we're playing with all most of the expansions. Yeah. Um. So what does come in the base game if someone's to if it's available if someone's to um get that online? What could they expect to find inside the box? Do you remember? Um. Yeah. So it's it's everything. Um. Up to the Middle East. Uh, army so you still get the jungle missions you get the uh, insurgent deck you get the army decks you don't get as many missions or action cards or anything else there's a stealth expansion which allows you to do like snipers and sneak attacks and everything there's a support expansion which gives you cards that help you move your squad more quickly and give you stuff like the speed balls that we had and the mortar attacks and things like that the european adversaries deck is a separate expansion which i strongly recommend because like i said the theaters i think are where the replayability is at but if you like it it's one of those where you'll just you'll go all in (laughs) and get the lot and and that's where it really shines when you've just got the huge variety i guess you you could skip like the russian or british expansions if you don't have a particular affiliation with those Uh, i obviously had to get the british one um, and i just went and got the russian one anyway because i occasionally like to play as the spetsnaz (laughs) fair enough i'd imagine though like um, like you're saying once you've kind of uh, put in for one part of the game the rest of it's surely going to follow if not straight away like you're just going to want to expand on all the content that's in there yeah Well, thanks very much for joining us this week and we'll be back next week for more adventures in board gaming. So thanks very much. Goodbye. Goodbye.